Welcome to the More Than Digital Marketing Podcast, your podcast about all things digital marketing and so much more. This week, it's just myself, Luke. And Matt, hello. Hello, how's it going? Yeah, very well, thank you. Another busy week. Uh, we saw, uh, yeah, Twitter is still on fire, as you said, and uh, yeah, lots of stuff going on uh, for us to talk about and picking up on things like Christmas ads as well. So yeah, how has your week been? Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same. Lots of salesy bits that have been quite tense, but it's been a really good time to sort of start a podcast because yeah, everything is on fire um, and it's giving us quite a lot of podcast topics to talk about and it's just making the process of finding articles really easy at the moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Um, before we get started, though, we're um, excited to uh, talk about our new sponsor, Your Digital Future. Um it's an exciting digital talent agency. So one of the challenges that we see within our own client base is that finding good marketers is hard. If you don't live and breathe the space, how do you know where to find these people, what to ask them, and whether they're actually any good? Your digital future solves that and takes it all off your hands. If you're working in marketing, then they also work with forward-thinking, candidate-focused brands nationally. So you should connect with them even if you're not looking for a new role now, right now. It's very exciting to have them on board. Yeah, really good. Really exciting to have them. So as we've kind of alluded to, um, everything's on fire at the moment in the world of digital, uh, which brings us really nicely into just the first article straight away, um, which was public published by The Atlantic. And they literally just said that the title of the article is The Age of Social Media is Ending, to which I then replied, the time of the orc has come because I'm a massive Lord of the Rings nerd. But their kind of headlines of that was sort of Twitter is in chaos due to Elon Musk and just people ditching the platform because of him moving to Mastodon, which doesn't really seem like a Twitter replacement, but we're kind of going out there at the moment and you can post your toots or literally what they're called, which <laughs> I was just going to ask, have you, have you set up your Mastodon and started posting any toots yet? I do have a Mastodon account, but for my personal like game site because i found out that there was no game servers on there so i was like i can be on the ground up for this and yeah, yeah. start from where up before ign starts somewhere and do some <laughs> try and make some big stuff it's not worked <laughs> <laughs> um and then facebook is also seeing a massive decrease in in users and and kind of ad spend and things like that which is resulting in unfortunately both businesses are just having these massive layoffs at the moment but so i guess the question first question is really do you think it's just a blip yeah, I think this is this is really interesting. Um, yeah, obviously, I think the the quote was they've uh, Meta or Facebook has lost hundreds of billions of dollars and uh, yeah, laying off over eleven thousand people as you mentioned. Um, and obviously, we know what's happening with Twitter. Um, a lot of like we talked about previously, a lot of brands being advised to pull their ads, uh, so that revenue is just. Um, plummeting i think like we said last week 90 percent of the revenue for twitter comes through the ad um, platform and the advertising mm -hmm. so really really um yeah not very good times for them at the moment i think with this i think i would say yeah it is a blip i think it feels like these kind of things are sort of cyclical um but also the with facebook and twitter um i guess like how people are consuming content is just changing yeah. um and so it's like, yep, yeah, they've had their time in the sun, uh, but now it's things like uh, TikTok that are sort of taking the space. Um, yeah, what did you think of the the article when you were reading it? I thought the headline was a bit clickbaity, <laughs> purely because we sort of it goes straight in with saying that Facebook and Twitter are having a massive decline, so that's the end of all social media ever. But 
we've obviously seen and we've alluded to it on every podcast almost at this point that other metaverse options like Roblox and things like that are seeing a huge increase. TikTok has blown up completely like just over the past sort of 12 months, I think it's like 600% increase in users, which was just a crazy amount of additional users coming in. And then Mastodon, the new kid on the block, essentially has seen another 800% of people coming on there. And I think it's just because with the, the visibility of the world and things like that, it's not necessarily that all social media is dying a death because people are still using social medias, clearly. It's that people are consuming their social media a bit more intuitively so people don't want to consume the platform that's owned by elon musk or the zuckerberg platform at this point because they've got such bad reputations and all i see on facebook and this could just be my circles as well is memes about when zuckerberg was in court and he just looked a bit like a rake and an (laughs) alien and just had no emotion about all this impact of things that were hitting him and i just thought that was quite crazy so i don't think it's all social media i think it's those platforms of just Mm. people are going away from them yeah i think when i say things are sort of like cyclical in this in this sense obviously social media and uh, what that is is relatively recent but it's things like i guess myspace back in the day bebo um all those things they sort of they have their um time where they're super popular um i think sort of facebook and twitter have, have had that and i think like you say it's, it's just how people are sort of wanting to consume that content now i think what was really interesting in this article is that that sort of deep dive into what social media is versus what it was um so saying that you know 10 15 years ago social media was social networking and it was all about um, you're connecting with friends and friends of friends and building up your network in an online space that would then enable you to cultivate relationships outside of that. Whereas I think over time, that shift has then turned into what we know as social media today, where it's more about um, it being a broadcast channel and people creating content and it sort of being a bit more of like a, a vanity thing now where you can make your voice heard on whatever topic you want to talk about and it's like whoever shouts the loudest or you know has the most controversial thing to say um will rise to the top i mean look what we were talking about with with kanye um in in the previous episodes as well so i think it was really interesting how it sort of positioned that change of social media over time and i think it's it's just yeah one of those things now i think that 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 time people are shifting even more away from um making connections and it's it is all about the content isn't it and and getting um getting your content picked up in the algorithm and, and driving engagement and things like that and you know it's there are ethical things there are moral things and all those kind of like dilemmas that might be come off come off the back of that but i think that's just the way it's going yeah no i totally agree and you're right it has been about whose voice can shout the loudest and it has been a point where with Twitter specifically, the person who was the loudest on that platform happened to be the person that then bought the (laughs) platform, um, kept shouting as loud as possible, and people have then used the things that he was saying against him since he's bought the platform. And um, the whole thing about, have you seen this week, he's started banning accounts that have his name, basically, if they don't specifically say parody in the account. And people have just taken loads of his like tweets going, parody should be allowed, comedy is now legal, all this sort of stuff. And just kept pasting it back to him, being like, oh yeah, how's that all going? And 
he's obviously introduced the eight eight dollars a month to have a check mark now and when he kicked off about all these parody accounts around him everyone's just gone if only there was some sort of verification process that you had to go through to verify that you were that person <laughs> and not just pay eight dollars because all these elon musks have popped up with a blue check mark next to them now <laughs> saying all this the most outlandish stuff that you genuinely could believe that he yeah. would come out and say yeah that's i mean that's the trouble isn't it yeah but he's put himself on this on this pedestal now i, th- I was i saw something around the, the he rolled out like making yourself official the verification process and then it rolled back again so yeah, yeah. there's obviously still some some tweaks going on there which is interesting but yeah i, th- I you know yeah it's been really enjoying i've been really enjoying watching him learn in real time what the platform's actually for um, yeah. because he very clearly only knew his Twitter account and now he's bought this program and he's like, oh, oh, okay, let's roll back this. It's like, that didn't work. So let's go back to what they were doing already. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's that thing. I think even he said it's, you know, a global town square, right? And, you know, you, you have to allow the community to speak. And if you're if you're putting shackles on people, then it's it's not going to be that um, that what you what you want, essentially. But yeah, yeah I think going, going back to like, yeah, the article and the age of social media is ending. <laughs> it's not (laughs) it's just changing it's just evolving yeah like it has done before we're just moving from those two social media platforms that have dominated for so long i mean instagram's not really dipping all that much um there's still a lot on there but it's just tiktok have taken the video like the portrait video side of things and then youtube have already also stepped in with things like shorts and their long form content and some of these big players have just come on with a better offering and taken over what those platforms were doing Mm. um and there's always a joke around with facebook now that i remember it from how i met your mother which ended like years (laughs) ago um and it was just barney said like no one calls on facebook anymore and the response was no but everyone's parents are and it's like yeah that's true yeah yeah and they were already in their 30s then so that's getting to a point where it's like everyone's grandparents (laughs) at this point are on facebook now and that's where I think it's so true though just chatting to 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 people that are you know maybe a generation generation below what we are then you know the gen z demographic that not engaging with with facebook seemingly just anecdotally um yeah i think i think you're right and yeah if you aren't getting those new people in then you know eventually it's just gonna sort of trickle down and flatline isn't it yeah i've only really had it the last couple of years because i still use messenger a little bit yeah but nearly everyone that i spoke to on messenger is we've all moved over to kind of whatsapp instead yeah. which again is owned by meta anyway but yeah i'm not even i'll probably cancel the account soon <laughs> we as an agency have cancelled have like closed our facebook account down because we just don't see the value in having facebook as an agency anymore yeah i think and that's an interesting point isn't it around you don't need to be on every platform um, for your business. You just need to focus on the right ones, don't you? Um, yeah, do a couple of platforms well. Yeah. And then you'll be absolutely fine. Cool. Um, so I guess talking about that um, that shift and that Twitter uh, and uh, Facebook, um, you know, how they're in decline and how they're losing uh, losing money might take us into the next article, which was around, um, we talked about, uh, last week or the week before around um brands cutting marketing budgets as sort of the re- recession starts to take hold um and i think we were discussing that from a like google point of view and a, and a us point of view but now it's sort of looking at it on a more holistic global level right yeah yeah this is it so kind of taking all everything um because 
where it's been recently that 50% of marketers are kind of dropping everything and putting all their ads, it's becoming apparent that it's not 50% of all marketers and all brands everywhere. That's kind of in the US and in the UK, to be fair. With 40, it says 46% of UK advertisers are witnessing a big pullback on media spend, whereas in Germany it's only 28%, and in French, uh, in France it's only 14% of the French brands that are actually pulling back from advertising. So it seems a lot of the sort of the Western world is still going strong with with advertising on platforms. They're just kind of moving away from those ones. Yeah, I think that the case of the UK, um, I mean, we had it particularly volatile right over the past few weeks with uh, the mini budget and all those yeah. kind of things. And uh, I guess people sort of worried about finances, the cost of living, the energy, um, all those kind of things um, impacting it. But yeah, I think, I guess also with the, with the and we'll come on to this later, like the Christmas ads and all those kind of rollouts, those I guess those budgets will probably have been planned in those those um creatives would have been made and and booked in and and, and paid for and rolled out so um yeah it's it's an interesting time um but yeah it's I think it's like we need to yeah thinking about how you build your brand in in these terms and maintain your your share of brand voice like we've talked about before um is I think really important for for businesses when um these kind of economic downturns take a hit because then you you reap the rewards after the fact yeah yeah definitely and i think that that's kind of how you build your brand now is is and how you get through the recession is to not really pump the brakes too much pump the brakes to a point where you can afford it but don't cut everything completely because if you're not there during the recession your competitors will kind of still be there and will will be kind of hoovering up some of that brand work that you've been doing um and it's jumping forward a couple of articles in our order, but I can see that some of the platforms are obviously trialing new things now to entice advertisers to spend a bit of additional money. So being a trialing kind of animated image ads within search, I, I've not been able to get this to fire myself, but thankfully the article had a GIF um, attached to it. Um, but as I, you can kind of see that someone's Googled a sort of a bonbon um, within Germany. And there are literally animated sort of display ads firing within the search kind of columns. And it's quite an interesting one to see. Yeah, I think that so the the article around the um, the budget cuts sort of alludes to the fact that um, so only really certain channels are being affected, and it's those ones that you'd probably expect. With um, I think it said linear and connected TV being the ones that are going to be more likely to be targeted, which I think is yeah, I think is um, pretty ex you'd expect that to happen yeah. whereas things like search and digital video and, and and you know i guess within that display is the same um so yeah i, I saw this this uh gif uh, an image search ad test in um in the se roundtable article and i thought that it was um yeah super super cool i think it's it's going back to that how search engines are just continuing to um innovate how they push brands and products and if you haven't seen it um it's definitely worth trying to find a check out just to see what it looks like because it is just so much more engaging than just um the image feed normally or the um i guess what would be like the shopping ads um and it's yeah it's super standout and will go some way to push both brand and, and product i think um and it, i guess it's it's going back to that 
you know, making the most of the real estate that the search engines have here. Um, and they've, you know, they know people advertise their products through the shopping, um, th- shopping ads and, uh, you know, in, in the case of Google, Merchant Center and things like that. Um, so it's like, how can we encourage people to <laughs> spend more money? Yeah, basically. Um, one, I had two kind of passing thoughts when I was looking at the GIF, which I'll include in the links um, in the description of the podcast so you guys can go and have a look. But my first thought was that I only saw the animated ad when I was looking at the GIF. I didn't yeah. really, like my eye was not drawn to anything else on there until I actively forced myself to. The other was that I thought the whole thing looked like a mess. <laughs> I just think it, like, I don't know what it was about it, but I think it's, it was almost a bit too much going on because there was a lot of product images there and then there was the recipes for Bing and things like that. And I was like wondering to myself, has it gone a bit too far? And adding these in there as well. I mean, I can't, I can't see a search result within that page, and I don't know if it's because they've clicked images specifically to yeah. give it to fire at this point. But yeah, it was quite an interesting one. I think it is just on the image tab. Um, but yeah, I guess that's the like with tests. It's you know probably not going to be perfect first time, but you can see the way that they're going with it. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah we we haven't been able to re- replicate it ourselves it looks like yeah this the example that we'll we'll share is um from uh someone in germany that shared that so um yeah maybe not something that, we, that is immediately available but certainly one to look out for and you know for any clients um you know it could be a way to just yeah showcase brand and product in a in a slightly different way yeah and as is always the case with these things it seems that being trial new stuff like they were the first ones to put image extensions in and then google had them and then they were trialing video extensions in for a while and now google wants them Mm. so it's only a matter of time while it's only on bing at the minute before google kind of pick it up they tend to use they seem to use bing as a bit of a testing ground (laughs) i did i did uh on the case of bing uh i've been talking about this with with a couple of clients actually um just as 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 an aside um bing is really increasing its share of search (laughs) so i think like i think google's still up there as like 90 80 90 percent of search but it's dropped back i think like five percentage points or ten percentage points whereas in contrast bing has shifted up and i think where it was like five percent of searches were on bing it's now like ten percent or twelve percent so it's like nearly doubled um so yeah it's definitely uh bing's making its making its case heard it's also and i know not a great deal of people use the search engines within like consoles and fire sticks and t- smart TVs and stuff like that. But it's the social network that uh, the social network, the search network that's built into fire sticks, your yeah. Xbox, PlayStation, internet, all that sort of stuff, which I'm not one to kind of use the console internet interface very much. Um, but it's, if you want to kind of search something on the internet on those, it's Bing that fires up. So that's it. If you want to kind of yeah. target people that are on their TV, Bing's a really good opportunity to do that because people are obviously searching through those mediums. I've not, I've not thought about it, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, it seems so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's just how, yeah, how people are engaging with the, with the platform across different devices. Yeah. And then it gets bundled into um, like Microsoft Edge, starts yeah. off with Bing. So, so many people don't care enough to, switch over to Google and they'll just kind of search through Bing and things like that. I know my mum uses Bing mm. um, and things like that. So again, some of the older demographic is really easy to target within <laughs> Bing. And then there's a stat that says that users are 20% more likely to make a purchasing decision if they search through Bing. Oh, wow. Which is really, really incredible. So the takeaway is don't dismiss Bing. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> nice. um, I remember 
and this was about six, seven years ago, um, we used to tell a joke in like, this is such a lame joke, but within some of the PPC searches, uh, like circles that I was in, it's like, do you want to hear a funny joke? And it was like being paid ads. And we'd all, <laughs> we'd all sit around and laugh. And now it's like, well, yeah, it's not a joke anymore. Not a joke, no. <laughs> I kind of set it as one of the priorities for a lot of paid media campaigns now. Coming in with a vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> coming back nice so um talking of bing we can flip over to google um and an interesting article that i found again in um, search engine roundtable was the uh fact that john muller had said that links will be less important as a ranking factor in future um which i think had a lot of seos uh yes i guess scratching their heads like a bit like oh what's going on this is this is new this is um because you know what yeah, links and content is sort of yeah often thought of as the cornerstone um, of SEO. So again, yeah, I don't know what was your take on this when you read it. It's really I thought it was really interesting because on so many presentations that we've done, where <clears throat> I've had colleagues kind of talking about backlinks, they've described them as uh, SEO rocket fuel, and the quickest way to kind of jump through ranks is if you can get the links right. Mm-hmm. But if they're kind of decreasing that because they said that it's something where they want to figure out a little better how the content fits within the context of the whole web rather than just be referenced by a high ranking site. It's quite an inch. I don't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. I guess this is again, one of those, I guess, clickbaity things, um, clickbaity articles, because I think, you know, to an extent, I guess links have, um, decreased in their, the the value anyway. And And what I mean by that is that, it used to be, you know, in the old days and the like, the black hat days, just get as many links as you can from as many sources as you can, and that's why you see loads of forums, directories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and that was uh, that would, you know, help increase your or give you, give you a boost um, and help you build links quickly. But then, since sort of flipping over to it being more about quality over quantity and it being about relevancy, um, I think it's like, yeah, it's sort of just feels like a natural um way for it to go really where you know the the links as a i guess metric and you know the quantity of them is going down it's it is still you know quality the the way that i sort of think about links and i saw this in a um in a course i've done recently which is the the digital pr podcast um digital pr course sorry from (laughs) mark rove where it's like links were essentially like just citations and the way to think about links is citations so if you're doing a piece of research um and you're link in you know you reference a certain article you're giving weight to that because you know that's you know how it helps you sort of shape your opinion and it's the same with um links from from websites really but it's yeah you know it's got to be topical it's got to be relevant it's got to be high quality um so yeah i th- i think it's like yeah a bit clickbaity a bit like nothing nothing not sort of new I think, you know, with the way it's going with, you know, content and semantic and again, topical um, clusters and things like that and building out, um, you know, your website to be an authority on a certain topic is it's natural, isn't it? That, you know, as, as those kind of things become more and more important, something will, you know, the, the, re- the importance on something else will be, will be less, uh, the weight will, will shift down. Yeah. Um- One of the things I was thinking about though, because again, SEO is not my area of 100% expertise, is couldn't this, from from an SEO's perspective like yourself, if they were to downweight 
the importance of links does that change the entire seo landscape for you and what you'd focus on in kind of like an seo strategy no i don't think so because i think you know the the it's this is links will be less important that's not saying that links won't be important um so i still think that that you know they will still be um you know a, a pivotal part of you know an seo strategy and, and growth for for people looking at um looking at growing their organic um visibility so no i don't i don't think it will it will change too much at least not in the short term okay yeah that's just that all kind of genuinely blows my mind sort of how much can change on and or doesn't change within the sort of the seo landscape with those sorts of things it's really it's really interesting i think it's been a yeah and it's been there's been a few things recently like the uh the spam update the the google the helpful content update and all those kind of things it's definitely been volatile but i think like as seos used to a, an ever-changing um scenario when it comes to google and you know, as much as you, you want to be ahead of the game then <laughs> you never know what's around the corner yeah that's true um which brings me into with with the kind of the turbulent sphere of things um made.com has been bought by next and i've seen on a quite a few sort of circles now that the traffic that they it was bought for uh 3.4 million i believe it was um two years after it was valued at 775 million because it just collapsed basically so next have bought it and will be essentially redirecting most of their traffic through to the next website but What's quite interesting is it seems that the traffic that they'll be getting from that 3.4 million purchase is worth way more than the entire business of made.com was worth as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is one, this is one of those things. I think the data for this came from SEMrush, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's obviously, a, you know, what seems to be a very... Uh, good purchase from next in terms of the value that they're getting um i think it yeah the, the made.com uh visibility far outweighs what uh next has um doesn't it so i think it, yeah a, a really good move from them i've seen a lot around made.com over the on linkedin over the past uh week or so since um it sort of uh went under in that they i think initially had a site maintenance message put up um across the whole site so it's which is not uh, probably not a great move in terms of protecting your yeah. organic rankings because you know if if user can't engage with it or search engines can't crawl it then um you know it will, it will start to tank um but i think more recently they have um just they've re uh, enabled the site put everything sort of live again but they've just put every product is out of stock which i think is the general consensus is that's what they should have done at the in the yeah, first place so. to protect their traffic so um i mean it could have been a different story for next if uh, you know they they'd sort of kept that maintenance message up um but yeah it sort of goes to show like how important it is even even when these things happen like um you know protecting your organic positioning is is super important and making sure you do the right things to do that as much as possible yeah absolutely um speaking of kind of like the hard and fast numbers sort of looking through samrush myself i can see that next in the uk spend around 100 grand a month every month to get 214 kind of visitors which is quite a lot of money for not as many visitors as i'd have assumed they'd have got for that and that's kind of like based off of that so with that in mind, kind of the organic search traffic that 
made.com gets on a monthly basis is around 715,000 website visitors from organic. So the volume of traffic that they're going to get through to kind of these next products, I think far outweighs the cost that it would cost to kind of get them through to get that much traffic through to the site on a paid metric, yeah. which is quite an interesting thing to see is that just having that that big purchase in place means they again, but they could pull a lot of their advertising spend because suddenly they're getting 715,000 visitors organically. Do they necessarily need that 214,000 every month for a hundred grand a month? Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. And yeah, what they do with the with the what the product set, whether they consolidate, what happens, yeah, what whatever happens. But yeah, I mean, those numbers are just yeah crazy, aren't they? They you can see what like yeah, it seems like such a steal. I mean, obviously, three point four million pounds is still a lot of money, but <laughs> yeah. when you sort of quantify it on the numbers, it, yeah, it seems like a very good move from them. Yeah, especially if off those numbers they get like a two percent conversion rate for their products, yeah. they're going to break even on that pretty quickly which is just absolutely wild. And it's done well for the made brand because I hadn't really heard of made.com for ages. Like it's not really been forefront of my mind. And then suddenly, like you say, it's being picked up by news articles that are backlinking it, all this sort of stuff. And the fact that the brand is called made.com means that you can't reference it without backlinking it which I thought was always a quite an interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, exactly that. This, you know, it's one of those things. I think we mentioned this before where sometimes, uh, you know, even bad PR can be can be beneficial in the long term. So long after the story, long after the fact, um, you know, you would think that these backlinks uh, and things from probably quite um, renowned quality sources as well, especially if it's um, you know any any sort of SEOs talking about it, and it, you know in technical um, technical publications, I suppose you know taking a drop in terms of relevancy. But um, but yeah, no, they should. Uh, they should continue to reap the rewards from a from an organic point of view off the back of this. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got a sixty-seven out of a hundred authority score from two million backlinks. So I'd say yeah. it's <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Yeah. But still a silver lining. <laughs> yeah, still a silver yeah. lining in there. Um, On to something wholly more interesting and more in, like engaging for everyone, I believe. But we're back with Christmas ads round two. Um, <laughs> which I've enjoyed this week, I think more than last week. We'll save the big one till the end. Yeah. We all know the big one. All of these ads will be in the description as well, but we'll go through kind of like one by one and see how we're doing with them. Firstly, we've got the Aldi Christmas ad, which uh, is the return of those carrots. <laughs> I like the carrots. I, I, Yeah, Kevin the carrot. He's, I think, one of my favorite characters for Christmas uh, in recent years, to be honest. Um I like this ad. What did you think? Oh, I detested it. Did you? I hate the carrots. I hate, I just, oh God, I don't know what it is. I think it's because my wife really likes those carrots and every year buys the entire family of yeah. carrots and then like sort of scatters them around the house that you can't walk through my house now without all those carrots everywhere because <laughs> we've got our tree up and everything already nice. um, and all the carrots are out. So I've got what seems like six generations of carrot sort of around my house on various windowsills and things like that <laughs> and more to come but I, th- I think those kind of things are yeah when you can do that um and we saw this with like compare the meerkat right where you you have this character and then you know it gives you an extra revenue driver to push these things over christmas and they're sort of limited edition i guess um and yeah people build a real affinity with them i think in terms of the i, I think also when i say that i like these ads i feel like i like a lot of christmas ads because i've just got that positive sentiment around yeah. christmas so it's hard to shift away from that but 
But um, you know, as as with you would expect from Aldi, it was entertaining. It was funny. It was uh, based on Home Alone, um, and obviously the carrots called Kevin as well, which is just great. Um, so it was a really relatable story. Um, I mean, unimaginative in terms of like thinking up a narrative. Someone's just gone, let's just do that. <laughs> let's, yeah. just, let's just follow that script. Um, but yeah, it's, I think, you know, they, they did it pretty well. Um, and I think, you know, people will engage with that. And, you know, you might have people that then um, Audi might be top of mind when people are actually watching Home Alone at Christmas because they, they sort of recall that story. That's It's kind of interesting you mentioned about the sort of unoriginality of it is I felt that quite a lot of these Christmas ads have basically done that and kind of taken a Christmas film, copied it and put it out essentially. So skipping over one quickly, but the celebrations ad as well as another yeah. one, which I really like this one, but that was love actually, wasn't it? Where they had the Brussels sprout kind of at the door with the signs talking to the bounty from celebration yeah 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 exactly that so yeah just um if you haven't seen it the narrative of this one is um you know everyone hates the bounty it's always the one that's left over at christmas he get, tries to go on a date um and he it is a uh, without assuming gender um the he yeah he tries to go on a date he tries to he tries dating apps um and he has no success and then lo and behold as he's crying on his sofa a brussels sprout walks around the corner notices him and you know everyone also hates brussels sprouts so it's you know a match made in heaven really uh yeah and very entertaining very funny um this is like i think a build-up of really strong sort of pr for celebrations because i think a week or two ago they announced that they were creating celebrations tins without bounties in them yeah and then i noticed on the on the, the end of this ad like the call to action was after christmas send us back your bounties and there's like a, a sort of a campaign off the back of that so it's like it's running for the next sort of few months so i think yeah really good joined up um holistic approach in terms of the pr and also the creative here they've kicked off of, like people are kicking off a fuss about the bounties being removed and it's getting it's doing really good for them and i think this advert is absolutely prime yeah um but i've seen people i've seen tiktoks about it but about sort of british people reacting to the news and it's like we're in a climate crisis and people just going i don't care <laughs> oh we've got this new we're in a recession i don't care and people going they're taking bounties at a celebration what because <laughs> <laughs> people can resonate with it and they yeah. get emotional about it yeah no, but I can... it does my head in because bounties are the best part of a celebrations I did watch this and, uh, you know, I'm quite partial to a bounty and I quite like a Brussels sprout. So, yeah. yeah. So it was, I'm, I was right in the target market of that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I really enjoyed that ad. Um, that was one of the ones that I thought was really good. One of the ones I didn't like, again, was the Barber Christmas ad. Yes. So tell us about the Barber Christmas ad. So the Barber Christmas ad follows Paddington trying to buy a gift for Mr. Curry. Um, because Mr. Curry appears to be having a bit of a bad Christmas, a sad Christmas. And it's kind of Paddington being Paddington walking through the streets of London until he eventually stumbles across the barber shop where he buys a barber jacket for Mr. Curry and then gifts, gifts it to him. And Mr. Curry's kind of like really happy about it. What I didn't like is a few different things. Is One, I kind of saw the barber brand in there maybe twice, maybe for two seconds out of the two minute long advert. Um, and two, I, I don't know, for some reason to me, the use of Paddington at the moment just felt a bit slimy and not quite, yeah, not quite on. Yeah. In relation to the queen. In relation to the queen. And obviously the big, one of the bigger things after the queen's death was the, um, 
like her being in heaven, kind of holding Paddington's hand, walking through and stuff like that. So it became quite, Paddington became quite synonymous with the Queen and celebrating her life and things like that. And I just felt a bit, I don't know, I just felt a bit uncomfortable with Barber using that as an advertising strategy. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I th- same as you, wasn't enamored by this ad at all. Um, I think, yeah, a bit of a miss. I didn't really, like we said, a few of us in the office watched it and we were like, we can't really tell it's, but for Barber until it gets to, you know, qu- you're quite far through the advert. And then even then it's it's sort of low key. The only thing that we sort of said that come across comes across is obviously that their value of Britishness and things like that. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this was, yeah, like you say, a bit of a miss. I think people will remember Paddington and not the brand. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of harks back to um, the old school martini ad that we spoke, that we yeah. kind of saw about in a thing previously that wasn't actually even for martini but that's all everyone remembered it for yeah yeah yeah. um there is an ad on this list that i know you genuinely do not like at all (laughs) so that's the next one so uh, yeah it's it's not that i really really dislike it but it again it just didn't hit the mark for me for morrison's it was i think more so than than barber this one did have at least you could see the values in there it was this is about farmer christmas and obviously their whole thing is you know fresh produce you've got market street and all that kind of stuff um yeah farmer christmas uh cultivating his um veg for uh christmas and then going through the workshop where the elves are putting together all the all the produce all the mince pies all the uh you know the all the different dishes for for christmas for him to lay out on the table so yeah i mean it does it, it aligns to their values um I, th- I i thought farmer christmas was just a bit cheesy uh and um but yeah i mean it's yeah I'm, I'm indifferent to it um more than that i didn't really like it but yeah what about you i think that speaks volumes to be honest considering how much you've loved all the other christmas ads that you're <laughs> yeah. different to this one speaks volumes about the morrison's one yeah i'm the same it just did nothing for yeah. me i thought it was cheesy um the attempts at jokes within it i didn't when it was like made in a magical oven and then the guy breaks the fourth wall just goes it's just a normal oven i was like Ugh. yeah yeah something we've seen a million and one times before and i just I've, I feel like all I've done is complain about the Christmas ad so far. <laughs> um, apart from the celebrations one, which wins my favorite ad of the week so far. So one of the other ones that, that came out was Little. Little. So yeah, what did you think of Little? The story of the little bear. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, I, I really liked it. I yeah. thought it was really on the nose and I thought we kind of, you have to watch it, but we kind of came to a similar conclusion about certain elements of it that they could have pushed it a bit too far and they kind of skirted that line of, they turned this sort of little teddy bear that someone shrinks a jumper in the wash. They put it on a teddy bear. This teddy bear becomes the little bear that's a celebrity and goes down all this kind of stuff. And then it he goes into like the headlines of the sort of thing you see with celebrities going a bit off the rails. And it was like one step further and they would have crossed the line, I think. But <laughs> I think that the fact that we both kind of looked at that and thought that I, I really liked it. I thought it was edgy. Yeah, it was. It was. It was edgy. Um, I think. I think it was really good. You've got some really good elements of like, yeah, like, similar to what we were talking about at the top around social media and how like, yeah, things start to go viral. This bear becomes a celebrity. He's everywhere, but actually, you know, it all goes to his head. And then actually, you know, the important thing for him is his family and and the little girl that um that misses her bear. What I did quite enjoy, I think, when I f- saw this the first time, is I, it's just one of those things I felt like it just poked fun at um, 
so their main competition so kevin the carrot have yeah. it have they've obviously got a, a brand character for christmas whereas little was sort of poking fun a little bit uh i think tongue-in-cheek where you don't need a character and all that kind of stuff and what's important is who's around you and um yeah all of that so yeah i yeah i did enjoy it yeah i'm looking forward because you know that because they've poked fun at audi this year audi will have a response yeah in like the coming year or something, maybe even th- next year, that they'll do a, a kind of poking fun at Little as well, um, and that'll be really. I'm really looking forward to that. But I really like that ad. I just thought it was really good. And then there's the big John Lewis ad, so that's out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big, the big JL. Um, so yeah, unfortunately Becky's not here this week to talk about uh, talk about this. Defend and- it defend it but we couldn't yeah we couldn't let it go by without talking about it It was released yesterday um a lot of build up on social media obviously this is the one that er that gets everyone talking every year um so yeah what were your thoughts on it i really liked the messaging so it's about a guy who's kind of trying to learn to skateboard kind of falling off the board sort of all this sort of stuff and you can't really work out why and then his doorbell goes towards the end and it's someone who's being placed in his care and he's found like common ground because she likes skateboarding. So kind of he's fostering this little girl and sort of gone down that route. And I really liked that messaging. I, without sounding soulless, the ad didn't really do much for me in terms of kind of like Christmas. Um, I liked that it was kind of trying to raise awareness towards the care industry and giving a child a home over like if you foster a kid over Christmas and things like that so that they're not stuck in care on their own. I liked that. But yeah, it just didn't, I don't know, for some reason it just didn't really resonate with me that much. And then I'm so bored of sad versions of popular rock music in adverts now. So, and which is the, which one was in, which song was it on the, on this advert? It's Bling 182, isn't it? And like, <laughs> is it All the Small Things? It is, yeah. Um, they do like a really sad version of All the Small Things by Blink 182, who are one of my favorite bands of all time. And I was just, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 think I'm, I've, I think I'm with you to some extent. I think the sentiment was really nice. And um, we talked about the, the little ad, um, sorry, the Audi ad, where they, the, the um, intro to that was around uh, 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 charity. So uh, you can see that there's obviously a lot of sort of CSR and obviously the, it's the time for giving and, yeah. uh, and giving back and all those kind of things. So it makes sense. I think it was a good brand builder. I um, Yeah, I think maybe maybe my my emotional state at the time i i sort of enjoyed it i sort of yeah i felt it was yeah quite nice but um yeah i i'd say that i did i did like this one um so yeah the messaging was really was was nice what was quite what's quite funny that i've seen afterwards though is um that the they've made it about sort of skateboarding and obviously the the soundtrack the the song the soundtrack choice fits in with that sort of demographic as well but they don't actually sell skateboards so oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah so there was all this um someone was sort of saying on on twitter or, or linkedin that um you know they're going to drive loads of demand for this product that they don't even sell <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah i thought that was a, a good sort of juxtaposition from them but yeah i think it's going to be one of those sort of nice it, it's sort of it goes off um it's slightly different to some of the adverts in the past i think it's one of the better ones that they've released um good message good reveal at the end um because you are sort of going through wondering why is this why is this guy skateboarding like yeah what's going on and then and then that sort of reveal is um yeah it's very sweet so i thought it talked to our generation quite nicely it's Mm. about i as much as i disliked the use of making 
the popular rock song slow and sad i thought using all the small things on a skateboarding ad made me feel like it reminded me of like tony hawk's pro skater yeah and that soundtrack and i the guy skateboarding i was like it caught me off guard a little bit with that and that's what kind of caught my attention and then it kind of gave me that message on top of that yeah and we talked the other day uh, last week um around the importance choosing your music carefully because um you know blink 182 have made their um comeback they're going on tour next year so yeah it's obviously trending i think this might be um i've heard sort of the music on i think on tiktok or other other platforms before so again it's sort of just on trend at the moment so yeah really again another sort of very considered move from yeah yeah blinker bigger than they've been in years and there's been a lot of things around their tickets selling out in like five seconds flat so having that music is going to work well on tiktok and reels and all that sort of stuff as well so that's the john lewis ad i guess we've got something completely different now and yeah quite sexy i thought (laughs) which is the new belvedere vodka ad directed by taika waititi starring daniel craig playing daniel craig for once because every other ad campaign that he's been in he's portrayed some variation of james bond so it's been quite nice to see him almost letting loose but it's kind of essentially him dancing through the streets of paris drinking belvedere vodka as he goes really <laughs> so I've, I've not actually um forgive me i've not actually seen this but again it's just sort of reading the description and um thinking about um you know how how this sort of works across channels as yeah you can see that they've again a good soundtrack it's it's very stylized this ad which i think goes mm. um in in terms with how they want their brand to be perceived um like you say you sort of Daniel Craig's a, a sort of a good choice. I think, you know, he's known, best known, I guess, for his martinis, shaken, not stirred. And, yep. you know, he's moving on to vodka. Um, but it just goes to show the how much value brands put on these kind of ads because, I mean, this is going to be a very, very expensive ad, um, you know, with who's, who's so, um, you know, with the director and then I've just he, seen all this, yeah, all like this he directed, Daniel Craig. He directed and, Thor. Yeah um jojo rabbit all these kind of like massive things um and then like say daniel craig was james bond um he's got a film coming out in like the next two weeks which is the knives out sequel so excited for that (laughs) um then the the soundtrack is rita or and gigs as well so mm. i think it says original soundtrack in there so it's like a it's like a mini feature film it's proper art like it feels almost like old school advertising, like perfume advertising, if that sort of makes yeah. sense. Um, and the fact that they've cut it, there's so on the video, I'll put the article in again, there you can kind of see that it's got a 6, 15, 30 and 60 second version of the ad. So they've clearly put so much thought into this. And then they're doing loads of stuff with like out of home placements, market activations. Um, I believe that Belvedere Vodka will feature quite a lot in the Knives Out sequel, yeah, um, Glass Onion. So they've kind of got the product placement nailed in there with Daniel Craig starring in that film. So I thought it was a really, it's going to be a really interesting thing to see if it helps Belvedere enough. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, see how sort of it builds their brand because I think that's when thinking about how this would work for clients and, and things, it's so important to not just see these things in isolation, but see them as part of a, you know, the overarching campaign. Like you say, they've got different length assets for, I guess, TV, social, um, and other sort of online video placements. Um, you know, it feels like just looking at this for, for a period that we're not going to be able to escape Belvedere Vodka. 
<laughs> now that we've uh, now that we've sort of yeah engaged with this but yeah i think it's just super important when you are thinking about campaigns just take that holistic approach and think how you can cut things down and get much more out of your assets and, and test different creatives and um yeah you'll you'll see the benefits of doing so i think yeah and i think take from this as well to lean into your your kind of brand persona sort of belvedere want to be that upmarket i mean i think a bottle of belvedere is like 50 60 odd quid um so it's not a cheap vodka by any stretch of the imagination but they've kind of obviously lent into the fact that they're an upmarket brand they're a premium brand um and that's evidenced by daniel craig dancing through paris drinking it it's like it's very clearly not the every person that's going to be able to afford a bottle of this stuff but if you're the kind of person that likes wearing really expensive sunglasses surrounded by paparazzi then this is the vodka for you <laughs> yeah 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 it's still yeah I, I i quite like the position but also of sort of daniel craig is himself but there are still some elements of uh bond in there i think yeah. one of them that again just reading the article so you know it starts off in black and white which is a very bond way to introduce something isn't it so you know when you think about the title credits but yeah i think you know like we said think about you know how it's going to fit your persona how you how you want to perceive be perceived and um and when you're running campaigns uh think about it holistically awesome cool. i think that brings us to the end really um yeah i thought that was a really i thought that was a really interesting talk about the christmas ads and then completely changing over to the the belvedere ad i thought was really interesting especially as the belvedere ad dropped on the same day as the john lewis ad which was quite ah, it just feels like bad timing it was bad time for <laughs> Belvedere. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they didn't know. Maybe they, you know, they weren't to know. Yeah, they couldn't have known. Although there was a lot of tease around John Lewis, so how they could. That's very um, true. But yeah, cool. No, good. Uh, yeah, good discussions there. Looking forward to seeing how uh, more Christmas ads roll out, but also looking forward to how seeing how the story uh, and the narrative goes with uh, Twitter over the coming weeks as well. I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about that. No, I think that's going to be a constant for at least the next couple of months on the podcast so <laughs> the ongoing sure you, digital dilemma yeah being. make sure you stay tuned <laughs> yeah cool thanks for uh, thanks for listening yep i've been luke and i've been matt thank you very much Bye.